1: Coming up on today's show, Nintendo had a Direct, PlayStation had a State of Play, Mortal Kombat 1 is out, I played Assassin's Creed Mirage, and we also played Spider-Man 2. Oh, and Brittany's here. Hi. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Andrea Renee, joined in person, in studio, by Brittany Brombacher. It feels so good to be back. It's so wonderful to have you. We were noting that it's been an egregiously long time since we've shot together in the studio. I don't even remember when was, was it our anniversary? It must have been May. So it's literally been over three months.
0: That's Almost messed four up. months. You know, and I'm just going to make the disclaimer. We are tired. Yes. But we
1: are here, and I am happy I'm here. I have baby paint on my face. Did my daughter insist on putting makeup on Britney's face before we started recording tonight?
0: Yes, she did. And I refuse to wipe it off. I will never wipe this off. I mean, I will tonight. Eventually. But yes.
1: it's, it's a rite of passage. You know, she did. A, she, she was going for her contour, I can tell, the contour line. But it's a little off. She needs to work a little bit on her technique. You know, it's a work in progress. Yeah. So we're we're working on it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, just a little disclaimer before we get into it. We are recording this late on a thursday night we haven't done a late recording before an immediate friday morning upload in a while but today was a special day back when we were young andrea (laughs) young and (laughs) able-bodied we used to but today's a special day because britney is in town um for some redacted (laughs) press (laughs) events the (laughs) one we can talk about is spider-man 2 which we'll be talking about in just a little bit but you were also in town playing some video games that we cannot talk about yeah. right now you think we got a lot to talk about this week just wait for the weeks to come friends it's it's just the beginning right like it's yeah. it's just it's all it's all happening it is. which is amazing there's lots and lots to cover and then out of nowhere both nintendo and playstation were like surprise <laughs> we've got stuff and it really wasn't a surprise because we talked about the fact that we were anticipating them having news in front of tokyo game show which yeah. is beginning in a couple of days so we should have anticipated this, but I think we weren't expecting them to happen on the same day. But someone pointed out to me this happened last year. It
0: did. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. Hey. And it worked out because I'm here. I wish our baby Ree could be here.
1: But yeah, you know, she's taking care of herself. Yeah, she's off for the week, but don't worry. She'll be back. Yep. Uh, I want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Gotsen, Ferris Atiyah, Justin Voshi, and Punktified, and welcome to our Patreon community, Roberta Escher, Thank you so much to everybody at patreon.com slash what's good games for all of your support and being fans of the show. We got to meet some other fans of the show. Uh, Shout out to Tom. Thanks for coming over and saying hi at the redacted event that we can't talk about. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) I would normally say that this show is also brought to you by some wonderful sponsors but Brittany, it's uh? brought to you by your mom this week <laughs> i forgot i put that in there you did yeah, i did, you put did. That i was in like there. who's your oh okay I yeah, she that did me. yeah well let's go ahead and just jump right in i want to we? hold on
0: thank Pooh Man 43 for their five-star review <gasps> oh
1: yes the five-star review from the Pooh Man. the Pooh Man. <laughs> the way you said that was just great is that a reference to the plane incident who could say Oh, yeah. See,
0: I brought it up, and then look at you closing. Ah. Uh, oh, I don't think that's going to make it in, but yeah, I made a joke. We're not even going to talk about it anymore. No. No. We're not. No. We're
1: not talking about poop anymore. <laughs> okay. So, do you want to start PlayStation, or you want to start Nintendo? Let's start Nintendo, because that's what I have
0: open on my handy-dandy notebook. And have I been watching Blue's Clues with my son? Yes, I have. I love that for you. Handy-dandy notebook. So, I hand-wrote a whole bunch of notes. Uh, thank you, IGN, for having an awesome... Right up. I just wrote down some of the things that I thought was most exciting because we got lots to talk about this week. So we yes. don't need to go over everything. No. Okay. So the first thing is Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door is getting an HG remake.
1: <laughs>
0: this is awesome. I love this. So the original was came out in 2004 on the GameCube. I didn't realize it had been that long. So now you have updated visuals. We don't really know anything more than that. Um, it's coming next year on the Switch. I feel like this is the one that everyone was very excited about.
1: It was certainly one of the ones I was most excited about. They closed the Direct with it. The graphics look great. Clearly one of the more popular, non-standard Mario platformers. And I have almost triggering memories of the Thousand Year Tour. Oh! I remember playing one night, and I was trying to get through this one section of the game and I was just doing it over and over and over again. And for some reason there's, I just kept getting tripped up and I stayed up until like the wee hours of the night. And my roommate came out at like four or 5. AM and was like, what are you still doing awake playing this game? And I was like, shut up. I'm going to beat it this time. And did you No. Oh, well, you know,
0: I don't <laughs> know if I ever played the thousand year door. I remember the original paper Mario on the N64. I loved but this was the sequel to that. I don't yeah. know if I played it. But I recognize Goom- Goombrella. What was her name? The the Goomba? The, the girl Goomba? Oh, I have no Goom- idea. I don't know. I recognized her. So maybe I did play it. I don't know. I was like 14 in 2004. Okay. So the next announcement was Mario vs. Donkey Kong Remake. So this is coming to Switch February 16th of 2024. This is a remake of the OG game that came out on Game Boy Advance in 2004. And they confirmed local co-op. And the whole shtick they kept talking about during this was Observation in Action. And essentially, if I remember it correctly, you have like little stages and there's platforming you do on each stage. And the idea is to collect this key and progress on to the next level. Uh, and the observation and action that they displayed in the trailer was that there's a monkey and he's like minding his own monkey ass business. But his tail is dangling down. But there's a, an area Mario needs a bridge or an area Mario needs to gap, bridge the gap. He needs to hop across, but he can't because there's spikes under it. It's fucking terrible. So, what does Mario do? He lowers the monkey down a level. He observed and he took the action of lowering the monkey. He grabs the monkey's tail and across the platform he goes. That's puzzle solving,
1: ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so that <laughs>
0: I, I loved it. they're like, observe in action. It's like, okay, like this is a brand new fucking thing we're doing.
1: It's like they're setting themselves up to make a Mario Soulsborne. Oh, God. Because that's the, the whole shtick of you know. At first the though, Souls games, observe an action.
0: I will say I wasn't really excited about the rumors of this game were coming out for a while, right? And I was like, eh. But then I saw it. I was like, my dad and I could play this. Local co-op. I think this is more his speed. I think he would really enjoy this. So I'm going to play this with my dad when it comes out. Next, February. All right. Uh, this one I know you're excited about. F099. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. So this is out today free. And it's a 99 player race battle royale game
1: i don't really understand what exactly it is or how it works so it was really interesting so as soon as they mentioned f-zero and then that iconic music because i love the music from this game came in i was like oh my gosh please tell me you guys are doing like a remaster or a remake reboot something this was not quite the announcement like my little heart was hoping for but i'll take it because it's a really interesting concept Mm so F-Zero is an arcade racer at its core. And it's set in this near or, or distant future where there's all these different sci-fi characters. You have these cool looking ships. You're on these courses that have these like energy bars that run up and down the side. So if you like bump into the sides of the course, they actually do damage onto the sides of your ship. Oh God, And you can, yeah, it's like a, a really intense game of racing operation. <laughs> Don't hit the edges. <laughs> And there's certain areas of the track where you can go and, like, rebuild your energy meter and kind of, like, repair your ship. Mm -hmm. But the idea behind F-099 essentially is that the faster you drain your meter bar, there's no, like, regen areas Uh in the same way that there was in the original game because it's, like, elimination. But they introduced this new mechanic, this token mechanic. And if you collect enough of these tokens, you can get this special, like highway above the course where huh. you get to like like leapfrog over and like take like a fast track around to kind mm. of like protect yourself it, i really want to jump in and play this because it, this announcement just came out today and we were at this redacted right. event all day today which we can't talk about um <laughs> haven't got a chance to download it yet and check it out but hopefully i'll be able to talk about it more on the show next week yeah
0: i mean it looks fun it looks cool But racing, racing operation. No, thanks. I
1: think it's a great way for them to build off of what they created with Tetris 99 and how popular that was and Mm -hmm. say, hey, let's give Nintendo online subscribers a cool experience from a classic title because this is an exclusive for the online subscription and see how people like it. And I think when Tetris 99 originally was announced, it was a big head scratcher. But then it was wildly yeah, popular. It was. I
0: remember that. Right, yeah. So
1: I think that this has the potential to be really cool. Cool. Well. well, hopefully it'll bring back F-Zero in a way your little heart desires,
0: baby. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay, this one is really interesting. So we knew this was already a thing. But Princess Peach Showtime. So that's the title. That's what they're calling it. It releases March 22nd, 2024. And so my understanding is that Peach and her toad posse are battling to, quote, save the play instead of save the day, which I think is a really cute plan where it's after a show is disrupted. So in the Mario kingdom, that's wholesome as fuck. So they got to fix it. And so she uses Stella's ribbon and she can transform into different fighters, classes, whatever. So they have Sword Fighter Peach, Kung Fu Peach and Detective Peach. And your gameplay will change depending on which Peach version you are at the time. And it has this really cool stage setting, and there's always a spotlight on Peach, is what I notice as you're playing it. So it looks like it's the character models with 3D, but the background looks kind of like that 2D Paper Mario style where it looks like it's me like again a set on a play. And I look like there's platforming in action. I'm still not entirely sure what this game is.
1: I am not entirely sure what the gameplay is, but I don't care. You don't care <laughs> I'm obsessed with this idea that Peach gets this really cool standalone Finally. title. Where she gets to take on these really fantastic roles so the marketing copy on nintendo's website reads princess peach's trip to the sparkle theater goes off script when the wicked grape and the sour bunch steal the show wicked grape. partner with the theater's guardian stella to call curtains on this strategy by using a powerful ribbon and taking on several starring roles <laughs> each with their own look <laughs> and abilities okay I mean, like, listen, the guy who does the Nintendo Direct VO sounds like he was doing GameStop TV ads. And it was (laughs) slightly triggering to me, having done GameStop TV for several years. Um, But this is uh, so obviously it's Nintendo. So the whole premise is a little like wackadoo in the best way, though. And I think it's going to be a really fun and whimsical game. And I hope the gameplay is rewarding what i have noticed from nintendo's releases over the last couple of years is that when we see these really out there trailers for some of these games they almost universally come back as being really fun games to play yes. and yep. having really satisfying gameplay loops and so i am pressing my fingers that showtime does not disappoint
0: yeah i mean it looks really cute and i'm just happy peach is getting her own game and i'm glad it's not just like a stupid spin off. Like, not trying to, like, sound like a dick, but you know what I mean? It's not like Peach is cooking Miraculous Disaster Clusterfuck or something. Yeah,
1: she deserves her own Own main title. Yeah, for sure. She
0: deserves the spotlight, and there is a literal spotlight in this game. I see what you did there. Yeah, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay, a few more quick things. Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 remasters were announced. They're coming February of next year. You can toggle between the updated visuals and the retro look if that's what you want. Luigi's Mansion 2 HD is coming next summer on Switch. Splatoon 3... Splatoon 3's DLC side order got new gameplay trailer in a spring 2024 release window. Uh, Another, I wish Rhea was here. We got another look at Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. I know she's very, very high on that game, but that comes out January 18th. And then, my dear, we got another look at Super Mario RPG. (laughs) Yay! This is coming out November 17th, 2023. And honestly, like for the most part, it looks like it's a pretty much one to one copy paste fancier visuals and i know that the soundtrack is going to be redone by the same composer which is just like the best part of this whole fucking thing but they did announce something a little new and what this is is in the original game if you timed your your attacks and your defenses correctly you get like a a crit right um but this time around it looks like if you time it correctly you're gonna tech all the enemies on screen at once where before it was just one enemy at a time and i think they're doing that probably because they're realizing that people just ain't got time to grind anymore so this is a quick. busy. Way. We are busy. Uh, and then we also got another look at Beware of the Forest Mushroom. I believe that's a song on The Forest Maze, which is probably one of my top four or five video game soundtracks of all time. And there was a little snippet in there during the trailer. And that just made me really, really happy. And I'm really excited for this game, even though I do wish that there was maybe a little bit more
1: something that was coming along with it like instead of just being a one-to-one that yeah. they were like adding a chapter or maybe some additional content
0: yeah yeah something like that it does look like we're going to be getting some new cutscenes, perhaps and there is speaking of the battle stuff if you do enough of those perfect attacks you fill up a meter and if it gets to 100% all your friends will do a triple attack is what they're calling it and that's brand new so like that's cool and, I, and I'm happy about the soundtrack and whatnot, but I, part of me just kind of went for something a little bit more, because this is my very first RPG that I ever played. This game stumped me, because I didn't understand the concept of experience points and leveling up, ah, yes. and I remember, I remember calling my aunt, and I was like, Aunt Patty, I'm like, how does this work? And she's like, oh, you have to you know fight enemies and get experience points, and then that was it. I was so OP the rest, because once I understood that concept, it was on like fucking Donkey Kong. Yay, you worked it in. There it is. Uh, Then we got a new look at Wave 6 of Mario Kart 8 DLC coming this holiday. And there was more stuff, too, that looked really interesting to me, but we got a lot of stuff to cover. So A lot. A lot.
1: Yes. Um, Well, I think this was a really great direct, talking about games that are coming soon. Nintendo has been doing that a lot with a lot of their more recent directs. And there was another big Japanese company that had... (laughs) Uh, another showcase so state of no so to be clear not a showcase i want to make sure i'm using the right vernacular here it was a state of play there's the difference there there is and they mentioned that it was going to focus on third-party partnerships and indies which it did i do love that they featured sean benson oh my god we had on the show not that long ago who works at playstation and who is an all-around lovely human if you guys missed our Brittany and I's interview with Sean. Highly recommend you go back and check out that episode of What's Good Games with Sean talking about what her team does with third-party partnerships and how they work with game devs to bring their games to the platform and
0: kind Very of feeling back the
1: curtain a little bit onto the process of mm-hmm. how do games actually get published on PlayStation. It yeah. was a really fun interview.
0: I learned a lot in that interview.
1: Sean's l- wonderful and lovely. She really is. Yeah.
0: So this was a interesting Uh, State of play, excuse me. So,
1: because they opened with this game called Baby Steps, did you see this? So, I only caught part of the open of it because I was busy doing other Other things at the time. And... Was this the game with, like, the weird locomotion where yeah. it was, like, ragdoll physics? Yeah, and I, I wish I had more time to look into, like, what
0: this game's story is because I was sitting in front of some folks um, who also work in the industry, and they they knew immediately what it was. Now, whether or not they knew what was coming, I don't know, but uh, it looks hilarious. It kind of reminds me of, was it Quop? And maybe it's related to that. It was that weird track racing game where you had to like push the, char- the keys on your keyboard to get your character to run back in the day. Anyway, someone went out there knows what I'm talking about. Um, but you control this guy named Nate and it's published by Devolver because of course it is. I feel like this is a perfect fit for them. Uh, but I have no idea what you're doing. You're just trying to walk, I guess, is kind of what it looks like. And it was freaking hilarious. It had those ragdoll physics and there was a point where you were talking to... An NPC and there was like a grappling thing you had to grab, and the character just kept saying like "I'll fucking grapple up there" or like "I'll fucking grapple up there," and it was so random and weird. And I don't know, but I want to play it, Andrea. That's all I know.
1: You're into the weirdness. I am. I remember when Human Fall Flat first came out, and I was like, "What the heck is this <sighs> game?" And you're like, "It's so amazing." <laughs> we, that
0: was one of our funnest streams, though. That was it so was. fun. The wrecking ball scene. Ugh. We were all drunk in our Christmas onesies.
1: Classic. Oh, oh classic WGG. So good. Going I'm okay. But okay, the, so hold on. Listen, but wait. I'm going to interrupt you for, yeah, for a second. That's fine. I appreciate that you were trying to be chronological, but how are you not just talking right away about Rebirth? I mean, that literally... That's, okay, you're like, it's the next thing. It's right here. I t- <laughs> had to talk about that because that wasn't... Okay. Yeah,
0: so Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah, this game is now out almost said January... February 29th, 2024 is when this game is coming.
1: That's honestly sooner than I thought. Uh-huh. That's, like, way sooner than How I thought. How many months? F- four months? Yeah. Ooh! Yeah. Okay. Okay. Technically like five. We got a beefy three-minute (laughs) trailer.
0: I mean, I don't know. Uh, We got a beefy three-minute trailer, and honestly, after watching it, I have more questions than answers, because obviously the big speculation is how many timelines are going to be in this game, what's going on with Zach and Cloud, and is Avalanche injured, are they not injured? Like, what is happening? There's an awesome interview on the PlayStation blog um, with Nomura-san, and he talks about these new synergy moves. Uh, where it sounds like Cloud can pair up with a buddy or a party member can pair up with another party member and use it. They described it like a limit break and they can do some really cool things together, mm. which is a new, very interesting and very new. Um, talk about Red 13, how that character has a new, different play style. So that's interesting, as Red 13 should. The, you know, the, the lion, bear, tiger thing. There's no bear in Red 13, but I digress. Um,
1: I mean, he's an experiment, right? He like, yes, looks weird. a
0: whole bunch of animals in one it's fine and then Nomara talked about summons and how cool there are going to be new extended side content based on a summon who did not feature in the original Final Fantasy 7 and then he talked a little bit more about the parade minigame so there's a lot of really good interesting tidbits on the PlayStation blog so I would encourage everyone to check out that interview, or if you want to go into it knowing nothing, stay up far away. Because I think this game is going to have a lot of surprises. I'm replaying the original Final Fantasy VII right now, Andrea.
1: Oh, good for you! I am. I'm
0: playing it on the Switch, and it's great because you can do 3x speed, you can do infinite health, and you can do um, skip battles.
1: So this is your treadmill game? I saw you post about this. Yeah, yeah, this. yeah. My treadmill game, and I
0: have the original Final Fantasy VII Brady Guide, and That's I'm you. using that because it just—it's it's warm and fuzzy. It's nostalgic. Yeah. No one makes physical guides anymore.
1: Yeah, me I mean, they're few and far between, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. But, and like then when you do get them, they're wildly expensive because they're like collector's items.
0: Yeah, I, I think of the Tears of the Kingdom one just came in a couple months ago, and that was really expensive. But it was cool. Am I ever going to open it and use it? No. I'll display it. Uh, the next thing we got, which also blew my skirt up and tickled my feet. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? Okay, a few things. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Okay, so we finally got our Resident Evil PSVR 2 well, I don't want to say mode release date announcement because that's not a thing. All we know is that it is now coming as a free update sometime this winter. So very cool. It looks awesome. I'm happy that we actually have like a release window now. That's great. It'll be a good reason to dust off my PSVR too. But (gasps) September 21st, we are getting Separate Ways DLC. That is incredible. That is just like what, next week? It's next week. Next week. Okay, a week, cool. A week away. <laughs> I don't have enough to play right now, so I'm so glad that I can now play this. Oh yeah, I heard you have a lot of free time right now. I have so much free time. Um, so this is the DLC that features Ada Wong, and it runs concurrently alongside Leon's campaign in Resident Evil 4, and it sheds an interesting light on her as her perspective, if you will, of the game's events. So very exciting. We all knew this was coming; it was just a matter of when. And the
1: fact that it's out next week, great. I still need to play that. I also still need to play Intergrade. I do, too. From Final Fantasy yes, VII I Remake. Do Haven't done that yet, either. Nope. So nope. I've got two things on my list before next week. No, one of the things I can wait, because that's February of next year. I, don't, I can't even. I, listen, I'm, I'm not going to play Resident Evil before next week. No, so no, you don't have call to. Space you day. have <laughs> no need.
0: And then the other things I can briefly talk about. Um, PS5's Deep Earth Collection now has, it's basically new faceplates, right? So you have Volcanic Red, Cobalt Blue, and Sterling Silver. And these are available November 3rd except for I think the silver one arrives January 26th and they also come with dual sense controllers
1: I, I've got I gotta say I, I was kind of like womp womp yeah they didn't do anything for me the colors didn't get me hot and bothered I mean sh- sure classic red and blue yeah and like the white fins yeah but I'm like really yeah after they see how successful the color lab, was for xbox i'm like why is this the best you can do sony i believe in you as a creative force you guys have are doing lots of really cool stuff red blue and white really that's that's maybe we are just basic
0: maybe we're just andrea we all just wear black t-shirts and our jeans and so this is a lot for us
1: maybe the people in japan were like listen we don't want to like invest in really cool colorways i want like 1,000 units.
0: I want some, like, bright-ass pink neon with glitter.
1: That would sell. Like, a neon green would sell. Purple would sell. Yellow would sell. Oh, God, purple with, like, really pretty. Oh, my God. I wonder what the manufacturing process looks like for these fins that they can't do a custom custom shop. Obviously, you can get custom, like, skins that are, like, glorified stickers, right, that you can put on. But to actually get the replacement shells... I feel like that's got to be something.
0: I feel like it was and then maybe they got shut down. I don't remember what happened. That was a story a long time yeah.
1: ago. Oh, the we're I it do want to in this moment though call out that two things. Um one Well, I was going <laughs> to announce the winner of the I was going to announce the winner of the controller, but I really don't have the name with me, so pause that. I'll do that at a different John time. Dough. But I Sony actually sent me a PlayStation Spider-Man 2 custom console bundle which was incredible of them and it included it was a copy of the game and i'm giving away a copy of marvel spider-man 2 so if you want a chance to win that copy of the game go to my tweet and respond to the tweet and then i'm gonna randomly it's a fun it's a fun prompt it's what's your favorite spidey moment right yeah you can choose your favorite spidey moment your favorite spidey suit or your favorite villain and all you have to do is respond so that i get your name so when i put it into the ai bot it can yeah randomly select yeah, yeah. somebody go do it Go to it, yeah, friends! So if you want a free Spider-Man game, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it away on the first week of October. Give it away! Give it away! Well, give the code it away doesn't now. go live until October 20th, and you do need to be in the United States, uh, 13 or over, on your PlayStation ID, because otherwise it won't unlock. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, everyone who's outside of the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't a like baby. Rules
0: they just sent me the code. it's yeah, Andrew, just a shepherd anyway um, um yeah okay yeah, so those were the good highlights You yeah, good highlights Ghostbusters vr game helldivers 2 trailer foam stars is getting an opa beta on september 29th to october 1st and Ooh, i think that's this, exciting it is exciting and it is so needed cuz i i was one of those people who was like ah oh, foam stars oh, who's going to play this platoon clone but as someone who has played Foam Stars, and I know you have as well, it's yes. fun. It is a lot of fun. And it's one of those things that you just need to pick up, pick up the controller and play it. And I
1: think you'll be sold on it. Great little party game. Very yeah, quick. I think a lot of people saw that initial trailer when it was announced and made very fair but snap judgments yeah. about it. And then when we got to play it at Summer Game Fest, I think we all were incredibly surprised by just how comprehensive the mechanics were yeah, it was really fun really really fun also real quick tales
0: of Arise is getting an expansion in november this game came out like two years ago this is really random
1: that is sort of random yeah. it's very
0: random and i mean cool i mean more content is always a good thing i hope it does well it's
1: just um an interesting choice i'm happy that's all i'll say so These two big showcases were the highlight of the news, but something I want to just touch on as a developing story, because it's such a huge story in the games industry this week, is what's happening with Unity. Did you want
0: to talk about Avatar real quick? Did you
1: see the Avatar footage? I did. I said out loud while we were watching it, this looks very similar to the footage we saw at the Ubisoft Forward back in June. I don't really feel like they showed me anything material that was noticeably different than not only the... Public-facing stuff that they should, but all the behind closed door stuff that we already reported on, it felt like it was. Yeah, I'm still excited. You're still sold. It still looks cool. Just this nothing. Doesn't look different than what I've already seen. Okay, cool. And then Spider-Man, but she'll talk about that later. Oh yeah. she
0: fucking played it.
1: Yeah, Ooh. that amazing three-minute trailer that was narrated by Brian Intoher from Insomniac. They played at the Spider-Man event, but again, I'm just gonna hold all of my Spider-Man thoughts because. I have lots of them and they're almost universally positive because okay so all right unity t- to kind of button the news because we do have lots of hands-on to get to unity so this has been a fucking fiasco yeah. I'm just gonna say it it's been a nightmare it bad it's almost like the people on the PR team for unity didn't anticipate this having wild backlash how could you not and I understand that anytime you raise prices, people are going to go to the internet to complain. Look at like Netflix or Mm -hmm. Apple raising the price of, also Apple had their event this week. (laughs) Apple raising the price of like, you know, the iPhone, the the Apple Watch, all the stuff, right? People like grumble, grumble, grumble. It's more expensive. I guess I'll buy it anyway. This is not that. This is a much deeper layered problem than just raising the fees or raising the the rev share. Mm -hmm. So for people who have kind of missed the news with what's happening with Unity, um, Unity announced a very controversial decision to change their monetization model for developers who are using the Unity engine. So the Unity engine is like the second most popular engine behind Unreal And it is a widely used engine across many different levels of developers, big, small, mobile PC. I mean, it's a very popular engine, has been around for a while. So Unity (laughs) announced, according to, I'm just going to read from the Eurogamer article, dramatic changes to its engine business model, which it will see to introduce a monthly fee per new game install, beginning on the 1st of January, 2024. A move that has drawn considerable criticism, that is putting it mildly, from the development community. Unity is the engine behind countless games, including Tunic, Cuphead, Hollow Knight, Citizen Sleeper, RimWorld, Outer Wilds, Fall Guys, Ori and the Blind Forest, City Skylines, and more, and was previously available to developers on a royalty-free model built around a subscription tier. Anyone whose funding was less than $100,000 over the course of the year and didn't want to access certain features, such as the ability to remove the Unity splash screen, for example, could stick to the free Unity personal license. And while a Unity Plus subscription was required up to two hundred k in revenue, a Unity Pro or above subscription was needed for more. So it was tiered to be like, hey, how big is your Mm -hmm. game? Let's tier how much you have to pay. But... They're changing that and they've implemented a wide variety of features, which I'm not going to go over all of. But the thing that's the most contentious is this per install fee. And originally, they said that there would be a fee if somebody deleted a game and then reinstalled the game that the developer would be charged twice. Uh-huh. They then walked it back and clarified, oh, actually what we meant was they're just charged on the first install. And like the real rub of all of the conversation is they took to Twitter to answer (laughs) a question from a developer about the transparency of data and tracking these installs because obviously there's a lot of pirating and other issues, particularly in the PC realm and mobile realm of, you know, how do you track installs and this and this? And they're like, we have our own proprietary data model which you appreciate we can't tell you about (laughs) because it's proprietary trade secrets bro and developers are like actually no that doesn't work for me that you're going to charge me based off of a proprietary model that you're not giving me transparency over just smacks of like this facebook fiasco they went through with their videos and fudging the numbers for ads ad dollars like a while back um, so basically like this is real bad and developers across the board are very angry about it, understandably. Mm-hmm. And they went forward and it was muddy and the details weren't clear and they were giving different answers to different people. And there were so many competing threads talking, trying to understand how the model was going to work. It's like, how do you, how do you roll out such a giant piece of news? That's going to have a huge impact on the, millions of people, thousands of jobs and not have everything buttoned up and ready to go. And now they've walked it back multiple times yeah. and tried to clarify. And then at one point we're like actually we're not walking it back. We're we're keeping this thing. And it's it's just a big old mess right now.
0: It's a I I was following it as it was happening. And then there's just too much walking back and not walking it back. And I'm like I'm I'm just going to let smart people who understand this industry way more better than I do write all the smart articles and I'll read them. But yeah, there are some interesting thoughts especially for free to play games. I don't know if that was ever walked back or if it was clarified that free-to-play games will have a subscription or something else they can do to utilize this new method but think about it if you launch a free-to-play game and you have something in there that people don't like you know people could i I would say like what's the review bomb equivalent of this install your game a whole bunch and then every time they do that they charge you some sort of like percentage which you might think oh 20 cents that's not that much but then you think about how many Hateful people can
1: be on the internet. And you can train AI bots to and do can... really bad things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I was also seeing some people talk about how. I mean, granted, this is all hearsay, but there were folks at Unity who were saying, "Yo, this is a bad idea for many reasons." But you got the suits at the very top who are like, "Ah, oh, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna make us money." And obviously, like John Ricatello at the he- at the helm there, there's been a problematic history in the past with certain things that have happened, and so it's a whole thing. And it's exhausting, and it's sad. And I'm glad, though, that people are speaking up about it. And I think it's great that it kind of shines a different light in game development. And it, you know, again, like, I'm all about teaching people how how the sausage is made, if you will. And I yeah. think a lot of developers have really stepped up and said, this is why this impacts us negatively or how it could. Um, you know, Inner Sloth has, was like, yo, we're taking our game off of Unity starting on January 1st. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of backlash, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, it was really disheartening seeing how many developers were talking about literally deleting their games from storefronts because they don't want to pay these fees or they could negatively impact their studios they did thankfully say we're making a carve out for charity bundles because that was like a big example of people being like so it's going to cost us now to do these good charity initiatives like that's That's wild and then they're like, No, no, we're gonna make exceptions. So But why was that not your in your initial shtick? It's yeah. I feel like a lot of people could have told them this is gonna break real bad for you. Yeah. Be prepared for all of these questions. Or maybe you should have talked to some of your like high level developers, some of your power users, right? And then some of your smallest teams and do like a consulting and be like, hey, if we're gonna change these things, what kind of impact would it have to you, you and your team? Let's talk about it. But well, I mean, I don't run Unity; it's above my pay grade. So yeah, no, that's that's true. In I Pass think we can universally agree though that they botched it.
0: Oh, so bad. <laughs> and it's it's really, again, like everyone. I've said this since like our old studio. Every studio needs a is this okay person, yeah. and I came up with that theory. The day the story broke, member was for honor, and there was that emo grab, mm-hmm. the, where they grab the boobs of the warrior. Like, how did this get out? How did this whole unity shenaniganry happen? You know, like that's what's so scary about it is that something like this can come out where any person who's involved in the industry can say this is going to be problematic. I could have said that, and I know almost jack shit about game development.
1: I think sometimes these companies, even if they have a "this is okay" person that person could wave the flag being like, yo, this is this red flag, red flag, don't do it. And certain decision makers who are at the top of these organizational structures can say, I don't care that you're waving a flag. This is the way we're going to do it. Cause the rich need to get richer, Andrea. And listen, y'all know that I have libertarian streaks and I am all about free market enterprise to a point But that's not where we're at right now. And that clearly doesn't feel like what this is about because you need your developers to want to use your engine in order to make money from your engine tools. Mm -hmm. If you have people literally deleting their games and moving to different engines because your monetization structure is so egregious, you're now being counterproductive with trying to make more money. It's not rocket science. (laughs) No, and that's the frustrating part is that, yes, Unity absolutely needs to get paid for their tools yes. and the work that they put into yes. it. No one's disputing that. No. But how they arrived at this as a way forward is still, I think we're all just like, what, what the and heck? And I feel
0: like they think we're stupid or whatever, because the 200000 in revenue, that's not a lot. That's no. not a lot of games to sell, even for, you know, I mean... Granted, like I know it's not easy to sell that many thousands of copies, but depending on how much you're charging per game, that's not that many. No. And it sounds like a large number. And I think maybe, you know, someone who doesn't understand that might be like, oh, that's a lot of money. Like you should be happy if you sell that and be.
1: No, you're right. Yeah. And I think the idea is not that $200,000 of revenue isn't a lot. It's like that, that's not just like cash money in your pocket. Right, exactly. That's paying people's salaries, it's buying office equipment it's covering your employee benefits like that's not just like oh yeah i'm gonna go buy myself a fancy steak dinner yeah. with my my all my profits it's like no that's i mean that's why so many developers came out and were like this is wrong ra- this is wrong this is bad fix it mm-hmm. and so hopefully we'll get more updates as this goes on but i don't know how much they're gonna walk it back <laughs> should walk the whole thing back <sighs> i mean they should <laughs> they should just be like oops our bad sorry jk we're, we're listening <laughs> but who knows there's been several updates to the story even over the last 48 hours of us you know having gotten the first announcement and so i just had to bring it up because it was such a huge story outside of like the actual fun game news that we got to talk about that this is clearly a huge a major issue that will continue to be a developing story i believe over the next couple of weeks and potentially months or so squash it yeah like I, I hope I hope they fix it. Otherwise, Epic's going to come in and eat their lunch with Unreal. Oh, absolutely. So, Good day for them. Free marketing. Let's go. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so that's all the news we're going to talk about. There definitely was more news, but we have so many wonderful hands-on experiences mm. to talk about. Uh, stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast, where we talk about any preview events we have been to, and what we've been playing. We've got both this week. Ah. Very exciting. So, PlayStation invited me to come on down to a cool little loft space they had in downtown LA and get hands on with a very meaty demo. I got about two and a half hours. Oh, that hours is of meaty. Spider-Man 2, and I had a blast. Oh. Surprise, everybody, the game is excellent. If you oh. didn't realize it was going to be, because the first two were just okay, right? Like, not that many people no, liked them. No, it was okay. I heard, I heard like, that they were just, like, mid. Like, a six. A yeah. mid. It's mid. That's yeah. it. The vibes were Definitely mid. Definitely not, like, game of the year material. No, no, absolutely no. not. Okay, so, like,
0: what did you do in this demo?
1: So, okay. This, I mean, I was super excited when, like, when the message came in, like, hey, do you want to play Spider-Man? I was Duh. like, I mean, twist my arm. Okay. <laughs> um... I have been a big fan of Insomnia Games and have thought that they've been doing really cool, innovative stuff. And I think it goes without saying, if you guys have played either of the Spider-Man games, that you know just how great these games are. So the premise of being able to play as both Peter Parker and Miles Morales in the game was super exciting. And it's just as amazing as you think it is. Like, all I kept thinking every time i would do a different activity inside this demo was just like it's just just so good it's just so okay remind me now can you switch between the two characters at any time yes so um let me pull up my notes i actually wrote i actually wrote notes because they would not allow us to have our no shit phones anytime i pulled up my phone to like check and see if like uh, John was like texting me about my baby or anything. Security would just be like looming over my shoulder, oh my like God. no recording. I'm like, I'm not recording. I'm clearly sending text messages. Yeah. I'm like, calm down. Well, so I oh, love taking handwritten notes. There was an incredible amount of security at this event. It was oh. like it was a lot of like very large men in black suits. Um, <laughs> okay, so I do also have some B roll that Sony provided. So let me pull that. So up. exciting. So excited to hear um, about this! So we started our demo a little bit into the game. So we missed a little bit of onboarding, which is a, a frequent thing that happens mm. at these press events. Is that we, you know, really they always are like, hey, "Sorry, we're we can't really tutorialize you on everything. We want you to see. We want you to see this stuff." So what was cool is they started off with this video that was shown in the state of play. This three minute little gameplay sizzle with this descriptions from you know brian into from insomniac talking about some of the cool things and when we were watching it in the room it was really fun to kind of hear people like ooing and awing. i love that the moment when they showed the map of manhattan and harlem and then over the east river we're like we've doubled the size of the map to include um, Queens and Brooklyn. There was like audible gasps. I, that makes it, I love that in a preview event.
0: You yeah, know, like we're all there because we want to have fun and we're excited. Don't be sticks in the mud. Calm down. It's just video games. All right.
1: Yes. Um, hold on one second. Let me move this over here and make sure
0: I have. Ooh. Oh. Okay, YouTube.com Oh my god, that lighting. YouTube.com what's good games. So yes. shiny. let
1: me pull this up and make no. sure it's actually playing on the appropriate screen. Uh thank you for your patience, everybody. Um, as I'm trying to run this from the desk. You're crushing it. It's thank a whole you. it's a whole setup, friends. It's a whole it fucking is. setup. It's a whole setup. Okay, so I'm gonna be cutting back and forth between the B-roll okay. and our shot because I don't I honestly like you know, there's, there's a lot to show here. So cool, 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 We got to play as both Peter Parker and Miles Morales in the gameplay demo. Okay. Um, obviously, if you've seen any of the marketing materials for this game, you know that the big bad is Craven, Marvel's greatest hunter, I think is what his tagline Ooh. is. So his whole thing is he's in New York City. He's looking for his next big conquest. And the part of the game that we see is Peter Parker teamed up with his BFF Harry mm-hmm. and them trying to save this Dr. Connors, a.k.a. the lizard. So Craven, who we see on screen here, has given Dr. Connors this serum to turn him into this giant lizard. It's all in the name, everybody. <laughs> um, and it's kind of up to you to try to save Dr. Connors and return him back to his original form so he's not stuck as this like lizard character it's fair. forever. It's nice thing to do. Yes, I mean it's you know Spider Man is a he's your friendly neighborhood Spider Man right? Like he's always trying to help people out. Mm -hmm. And so what's been really cool about some of the stuff we got to see in the demos, obviously in the big reveal of this game when it was first announced, was like the the symbiote suit right? Right. The symbiote powers that Peter Parker has, and Miles Morales also does have some symbiote powers as well. And in the skill tree for these characters, they each have their own individual skill tree, but then they also have a shared skill tree as well, which. I love, because I love I love ticking off boxes and the idea that I don't have to choose one or the other, that I can choose abilities that will benefit both of the Spider-Mans is super cool. Is it a symbiote skill tree? Um, No, so it's, it's a mix. Okay. So what's really interesting about what they've been doing with the gameplay for this game is that you're going to have separate, more traditional Spider-Man powers, and then, of course, the gadgets are back. But then you also have separate symbiote abilities as well and you can choose between which abilities you want mapped to your button so you're going to have abilities mapped to your l1 so you hold l1 down and then you hit a corresponding face button mm-hmm. to trigger your abilities and then you would do r1 and corresponding face buttons to use your gadget abilities oh my God. and then on the uh, the skill set abilities you can choose if you want to do you know, like you like electric web for Spider-Man for Peter Parker, or if you want to do more of the symbiote based abilities instead. So I really love that they're giving players a really wide selection of choice here, mm. which is exactly what players want in kind of an RPG like this. Oh, like, yeah. You get to really play your way and kind of experiment with all of the powers. And I'm not going to go into the the depth of all of the different abilities because first off, I don't want to spoil some of the stuff for you guys, but also, like if you've played either of the previous Spider-Man games, you kind of have a good idea. And the symbiote abilities are super fun in combat. You've got this symbiote punch, which basically makes you have like you know a superpower arm. And then there's a symbiote spike ability where you can kind of shoot it out, and you kind of can take out whole groups of enemies at once, which we saw in that gameplay. It demo. kind of reminds me of like Stretch Armstrong arms. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Ooh, like oofa, the, there oofa, it is. The symbiote blast tentacles I think it's officially called. <laughs> So there's lots of really awesome ways to use these different pieces of abilities, these different skill sets, I guess, in combat. And it's just, it's just so satisfying, right? Like, so it takes the combat that Insomniac established in the original Spider-Man and just builds upon it. It makes it just so much fun to do all these different combos and, you know, kind of like tool around and just feel super powerful, and they also added a lot more stealth mechanics this time oh. around, which is really cool. And I am hoping that some of the bureau is going to show some of that, too. Hold on. Let me take a <clears throat> sip.
0: Here. Take a sip. This game looks so good. And I was watching. How was the camera? That's kind of a random question. But <coughs> there's all that action going on. I feel like the camera has to be really fucking tuned in or it could be a big pain in the ass.
1: Never had an issue with the camera. Never felt like it was stuck. Never felt like I wanted an angle that I couldn't get. That's what she said. Um, I, <laughs> I, I literally it was. It felt to me like a really flawless demo, and that is a really hard thing to do. Brian Intihar did come up before we started playing to say, "Hey, just so you know, this build is not, you know, current. It's a couple weeks old. At the, mm-hmm. I think six weeks old." He said at this point. So it means obviously the team is still polishing and doing bug fixes. The game is out, you know, like a month and a half from now. So they're pretty close to going to gold. But with day one patches, you know, they're polishing, polishing, polishing until the very last moment. And then they continue to patch the game after release. But I mean, this game played almost flawlessly for me on the PlayStation 5. And when he talked about the power of the PlayStation 5 and how it allows them to switch almost seamlessly between... Miles and Peter Parker in the open world. Like he wasn't joking. So when you're out, in, when you're in specific missions, mm-hmm. some of them will be Peter Parker and some of them will be Miles okay. Morales. But then there will be some side content that you get to choose which Spider-Man you want to bring and do the side content with, which is oh. awesome. So basically when you're in the open world, you pull up your phone, your mobile app, and you pull up the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man app. It's really like, that's literally as abbreviated as like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. as F-N-S-P. Yeah. It, SP, yeah sp yeah SP, SP, spn SP. So, i don't remember it's got <laughs> we like are four, so smart <laughs> it's got like a four letter abbreviation um, <laughs> so you pull up the app you swipe left on the touchpad on the controller and you like hit square and then it's literally like a second maybe two seconds like you can barely count out and that's why in the gameplay trailer that was in the state of play he said you know almost instantly because it's obviously not instant, but like it's so fast. You barely And notice considering it. what it's doing, that's impressive as hell. Yeah. Oh. So it's such such a cool moment. Oh, I have to show this footage. Um, it's such a cool moment to be able to just oh. switch between switch between them and have that as something that you can do whenever you want and it's it's so, so, so main story beats, main narrative beats. The
0: game will tell you, like, yo, you have to play as this person. But for side stuff, some side stuff, you can choose who you want to experience that as. Exactly. So That's if you have awesome.
1: specific abilities in each one of their trees, like maybe you're speccing more points into Miles because you like his playstyle better mm-hmm. or you're specking more points into into Pete. You get to choose like, hey, I'm working on this particular Get goal, or I'm grinding this particular um item, and I'm gonna you know take this character to complete this side mission instead. So okay. one of my favorite parts about the game is the traversal, right? Spider-Man traversal oh. is awesome, and one of the things they introduced in oh. Spider-Man Two, which we are seeing in the B-roll right now, is web wings, and these things are fucking awesome. They're so much fun. They're so easy to use. Essentially, when you're swinging, you just hit the triangle button and you deploy your wings and you're now like flying, like like a flying squirrel. Like you just got these little wings and in the world, there's these slip streams. So you can kind of tool around swinging around. But then if you're like, hey, I need to actually go quite a bit further, faster than just swinging building to building. You can find these almost like little jet streams that will zip you around super fast. And it's so fun. And the stuff that we're seeing now is specifically a Talendron tray. So Craven has these talon drones around New York, and you have to take them down. And the challenge is to stay in the slipstream to gather and download this data from the drone. And if you can, you know, do it successfully, you get materials. <laughs> can we just talk about how smooth and sexy in the draw distance on that was? It's insane. So, Brittany, I, I knew that this game was gonna be gorgeous because I've played the yeah. two previous games, okay. right? Uh-huh. I was not prepared for how impressive it was for me to be swinging, stopping at a random building, walk up to a window and there's people like moving around inside there. I'm like how do they fit all of this into this game? It's it's cuckoo bananas. Like I just I am continually impressed by not only the incredible amount of creative work that is going into this game, but also the technical work. Oh, and that's God. something that I love highlighting on our show is reminding consumers who buy these games and who have fun playing them who love these stories that like the technical side of games is what I think makes them so special compared to other forms of interact or other forms of media. Like TV has their own kind of special technical stuff. They do there's like the cinema magic of filmmaking is cool, but something about games is so unique and awesome and how they make it all work to me is always so fascinating you know what engine this is so i asked specifically okay so when i was kind of done with my gameplay session um i want to pull up her exact name and title so i make sure to get it to get it right i had the opportunity to interview a member of the team at insomniac and her name was jacinda and just into Chew, Yeah, so she's the senior art director at Insomniac. And I got to ask her a bunch of fun questions about, like, how they build the art that goes into the game. Like, how do they, you know, process it? As I, I asked her some stuff about AI, which I'll, I'll mention in just a second. But um, I said, okay, t- let's talk about your engine. What's this built on? Yeah. And it's literally just called the Insomniac engine. So it's their own proprietary engine. Fair. And I was like, oh, so you guys really got creative with that one. We had a funny (laughs) moment. She said that she kept thinking that there was, she's like, well, there's a different name that we refer to it internally, but the public facing name is just Insomniac Engine. Okay. So it's their own proprietary engine and as they've said multiple times over the duration of this Spider-Man franchise, it has been custom built this game for PlayStation hardware, Mm -hmm. which I think allows it to sing the way that it does. And we've seen that with other Sony first party games as well. I I mean, all of them look gorgeous on the hardware. I mean, from the last of us to horizon to God of war, right? Death stranding, like they all look just beautiful on Mm -hmm. PlayStation and this game is no different. And you mentioned draw distance and I think it's not to be understated, or overstated. It's just like, <laughs> look at that shit. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, how did, they, how did they accomplish this? I just don't even know. I feel like I just want to swing around. Like, that's all I want to do. Yeah. And I- you can. And there's so much to do in the open world. I love that they have a new district progress system. So that allows you to get additional rewards by completing specific side quests in specific districts. <gasps> and what I also love is that they tell you exactly where to find the materials you need for the upgrade so okay okay this is probably one of my favorite crafting systems i've seen in a while and i and i i just want other games who have crafting where you have to gather resources to maybe consider doing what insomniac is doing with this game so much like the previous games you're going to have different kinds of tech parts and different materials that you have to collect in order to upgrade your suits right And what I appreciate about this is that because you're working with so many more upgrade progression paths because you have both Miles and Peter in the same game, Mm -hmm. there's like not a dizzying amount of in-game materials that you have to keep track of, but there's several, right? There's like a lot of parts. So I wrote them down. I was like... You have to keep track of, like, city tokens, hero tokens, tech parts, rare, rare tech parts, just to name a couple. And what I appreciate is that the game will take you... Let's say you're in the crafty menu for the gadgets. Kay. And you want to upgrade your spider bot. I do. Then you go and you're like, oh, dang, I don't have enough parts. Mm-mm. There's a button, triangle, in fact, that you hit that's like, where do I get the parts? It says <gasps> find more parts. And it literally shows you... These are the different side quests and missions that you can do to find these exact parts if you want to upgrade them. And I was like, God bless, this should be fun.
0: You're, yes, thank you. It should be fun to to gather the materials to upgrade your shit. You don't want to be
1: wandering around aimlessly because we ain't got time for that anymore, no, Andrea. No, I yes. Don't make me hunt. Like, no. Let me do no. the. Let me do the fun. The fun part. Aww. And I love that. So you can pick and choose. Okay, well, I want to save my resources because this part of my my spider suit I want to upgrade or if I want to save it for this. And I also love that they don't overlap the resources that much so oh. you can not feel like you have to make a lot of hard choices. Uh-huh. Instead, the, the hard choice is, which mission am I going to go do to okay. earn these parts? Yeah. And what a fun choice to have to yes. make.
0: because you know you're going to get rewarded at the end with something you want.
1: Yeah. Ugh. This game literally feels like nothing but the hits. It takes the best of what they built upon in Spider-Man for PS4 and Miles Morales and makes it even better somehow with what they're doing with Spider-Man 2. I just... <sighs> I cannot say enough about how much fun I had that playing is a toilet. this game. Yeah, so this is the Spider-Bot. So this is a, a Miles Morales mission where you send your little Spider-Bot companion in to go take down these or to repair these power boxes. And you're essentially piloting the Spider-Bot through the level and you get to kind of do various uh, different things with it. So one of the fun gadgets that you can um, upgrade in the game. Okay, so um, it looks good. It plays
0: good. How was what you can talk about anyway? The narrative, the the facial capture, the voice
1: acting. Yes. So. Hold on. Let me go tell one else. Um,
0: I, I love physical notes
1: so much. I mean. Honestly, all of it was incredible. Like one of the cool things that I got to talk to Jacinda about in our interview was some of the work that the art team did specifically on increasing body diversity throughout all of the different characters in New York. So they looked at the way that, you know, New York had been represented in the first couple of games and they were like, this is good, but we can do better. Mm -hmm. New York is one of the biggest melting pots in the entire world. Let's try to represent as many different types of bodies as possible. And I love that, not only from an inclusivity and diversity perspective, but it also showcases their ability as a developer to animate and rig and create all of these different kinds of people in the yes. world and to do it so many of them existing <laughs> and all of it kind of running was really awesome. And she pointed out that there is female AI or female AI uh, enemies this time around Oh. So it's not just like a like a group of like standard comic book goons or whatever that okay. you're fighting that Craven's hunters in particular who you're going to be fighting a lot of because you know Craven's the big bad in this game they have like a really unique and diverse look because they tried to meld the idea from the comics of like who Craven is as a character because he doesn't have like a posse and like in the lore they're like but in service of gameplay we have to kind of craft who these people are going to be Mm -hmm. but we also want them to fit into modern day New York so it's like how do we take these like hunter-esque people who would normally be wearing like feathers and fur and their trophies of their hunts but also make it so that they can walk around in new york and hearing the process oh. of how that team went through that I was love really cool. that stuff that's so interesting to me okay, okay yeah okay, okay. so it was it was really fun to hear how that team did that and the work that they did closely with marvel games and um, you know some of the rest of the marvel lore team as they have been across this entire franchise but i mean listen the game looks incredible the cutscenes look ridiculous i mean i laughed out loud at one of the first lines that peter parker said because it was so like that like whimsical corny spider-man joke that you absolutely expect from a spider-man game and i just can't say enough about how excited i am to play this game and i i'm gonna i'm gonna be truthful here i don't lie to you everybody at what's good games This originally was not at the top of my list of games to play this fall, because as we all know and have been discussing, there was a lot to do this fall. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I knew this game was going to be good. And I was like, I can play it like maybe closer to the holidays or something when I have some more time. But my time playing this week has just made me want to play this like tomorrow. I want this now. You've, You've got me all hot and bothered for it.
0: And it's so fascinating because just hearing you describe it and knowing how well the last one did, I feel like game of the year, easily. But then look at the year we're in. It's
1: wild! Ah! I, I did have some convos with a couple of the people at Insomniac to be like, you guys just are... I don't I want to say you have bad luck because you know what other games are coming out generally, but... They have been up against really serious competition like every time they've released a game. Yeah. And this year in particular is just a doozy. But I hope that if you've been a fan of the Spider Man games in the past, or you're just a fan of really fun action adventure gameplay. That you guys give us a chance. Obviously, you have to have a PlayStation Five. It is PS Five exclusive. Yeah. So I think this is just another like I, like I tweeted another banger from Insomniac Games and another fantastic showpiece for PlayStation. Saying this is a reason to own a PlayStation Five. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be wildly popular if if the full game is anything like the hours that I played and I. Knowing how good the first two games were, I I feel confident saying that it's they're probably not going to muck it up. <laughs> so this is October 20th. October 20th.
0: Mario Wonder comes out that day, too.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. It's good. It's real good, everybody. Oh. It looks real good. Oh, get, just, those, get those vocal cords ready, baby, because you got two more games to talk about. Oh, my goodness. Take a sip of your wine. Do lube them up. I ever. Lube them. Get them greased. Okay, hold on. Let me stop this over here. So, okay. The two games I'm going to talk about. First, I'm going to talk about Assassin's Creed Mirage, and then I'm going to talk about Mortal Kombat. Okay. So, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Okay. This is a game I've obviously been excited to play. Yes. I'm a diehard AC fan. You can't see it in this shot, but all of my assassins are on the wall behind me here. Yeah. You and put hundreds of hours. Literally played every single Assassin's Creed game yeah. that has existed. Mm-hmm. And when they originally talked about Assassin's Creed Mirage as a return to the series roots. Yes. I was like, okay, go on. Tell me more. And then we got to see it. And I've told you guys on the show already that there's, just been something off okay. about almost every gameplay trailer that I've seen, but the behind closed doors presentation that I got at Ubisoft Forward's event at Summer Game Fest you know, really made me excited to be like, okay, this definitely feels like a return to form. So I want to start this preview by saying it is doing exactly everything they said that they would do by bringing it back to its roots. I feel like they maybe brought it a little too far back to uh-huh. its roots. Oh, okay, do you so, tell? And I say that in the same way that I believe Assassin's Creed Rogue mm-hmm. was an excellent game, but is kind of looked at as like not one of the best in the franchise because it felt a little dated from a graphics perspective, from a gameplay perspective. But I think diehard fans of the franchise appreciate what Rogue was doing, uh-huh. bringing back again that game also incorporated some really cool classic tenants of the franchise climbing puzzles, some of the more stealth oriented things. And I think that if you're a diehard fan who wants classic gameplay, you are not going to be disappointed in Assassin's Creed Mirage, but it's really hard for me to figure out and kind of justify why you would maybe want to spend money on Assassin's Creed in a year like 2023 when there is just an outrageous amount of incredibly excellent innovative games Mm -hmm. to choose from question do you think
0: this is a problem with assassin's creed back to basics formula do you think that formula is too old too dated and do you think it's because the more open world style lends
1: itself to better game overall or do you think it's the execution honestly I think it's the execution okay I think that that formula could absolutely be successful but it's hard for me to understand how Ubisoft as a publisher is looking at its crown jewel franchise and saying, how do we split resources and make focus of a franchise that's so massive? I mean, when, when they did that kind of, you know, let's look at Assassin's Creed and give you guys this giant timeline of where it's going, and mm-hmm. talking about Red and Hexe and all of the mobile stuff and then the VR game, right? Like they have a lot of moving pieces to this franchise. And I almost feel like when you're f- splitting focus across so many different projects, how do you decide which one of those projects is gonna be like the really amazing one? Got it. And I don't, that's just my theory, okay? Yeah. Like yeah. The, the beauty of Ubisoft is that they're massive. They have a huge team. There are literally thousands of devs across the world working on Assassin's Creed at any given moment. And so I think what the struggle with that is like, how do you also come up with like a unified vision? Spoilers, you don't, Yeah. right? There's many different visions for what the game should be. And obviously even fans don't have a unified vision of what this game should be. Mm -hmm. You and I have talked about some of the similarities between Assassin's Creed as a franchise and Resident Evil, right? Like how there's like two very split camps of Mm -hmm. like what people want their Resident Evil to be. Yeah. And I think Assassin's Creed is in that lane too. So if you loved Origins, Odyssey and Valhalla, you're going to feel out of pocket in this game. Okay. This is not those games at all. And this is very much a simpler, smaller experience, which I think a lot of people in Assassin's Creed were crying for. Yeah. But there's also like millions of AC fans that loved those giant RPG games. And what I th- the reason why I keep bringing up the idea that I think it's a bit dated is because when I was playing through, it just felt like I'd done it all before. And that was disappointing because I really think what they created, um, with Baghdad and they did provide me with a bunch of B-roll and I'm actually just using some of the gameplay from a trailer that Ubisoft put on to their YouTube channel because, um, unfortunately with the way that the workload was this week, I wasn't able to tailor the B-roll to my comments specifically. So just as a clarification for people who are watching on YouTube, but what I think this game, let's start with what I think this game does really well. Yeah. Um, it absolutely nails the return to stealth and parkour. So Baghdad as a city is dense, urban. There's lots of vertical movement. You're swinging between buildings. You're going up and down. And that absolutely reminds me of classic Assassin's Creed in the best ways. I actually tweeted that I was disappointed that it almost makes mounts pretty useless. Uh-huh. I pulled out my mount. The mount I had in my gameplay demo was a camel because, you yeah. know, Baghdad. Yeah. And the camp, like, it was like, I literally just had to dismount because you can't really get any, also the camels are slow, but you can't really get <laughs> a lot of like moving because the city is so dense. And the beauty of that is Ubisoft's art teams have always done a phenomenal job creating these spaces. And I love that they are including more of these historical moments and really showing people, hey, we have a commitment to all of the research that our teams did, and we want people to feel like they're learning something also while they're playing. Clearly, there's a lot of fictional stuff, but I love their commitment to history and honoring these places and these peoples, and the fact that they made the game fully playable with Arabic VO and really immersing mm-hmm. players into that lifestyle, it, I think is a testament to their commitment to the craft, and I've always loved Ubisoft for doing that. That said if you have no interest in this part of history or in the kind of artifacts and the lore around this part of the world, then it's going to be hard for you to sink your teeth into this story. Mm -hmm. There were points where I was going through the investigation board, which has been now a staple in Assassin's Creed for the last several games, where I almost felt like it was almost like Assassin's Creed detective mode. Oh. Which, I... I'm going to admit that I was very conflicted on. Okay. It sounds interesting. I like the idea of being able to like collect evidence and do all that stuff because that's, you know, like taking down the Templars is, you know, the core tenant of what you do <laughs> in, in these games. But for some reason, the, the way that it unfolded in the gameplay demo that I played kind of felt a little bit. Is that kind of what we're looking at here? So this is a contract board. You can pick up contracts to get materials that you'll need to then upgrade your loot. Which, by the way, the loot, during my entire gameplay demo, I got one piece of gear. What? Which is insane if you think about the way that the loot drops have worked in the last couple Uh of Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. I got one new sword. That was it. That's all I had the resources to get, See, and I didn't find anything else in the world. I'm so
0: conflicted because I had been looking forward to playing this because the only Assassin's Creed games I finished were one and two, I think. And I know those are considered old, traditional Assassin's Creed games. And the other one's always too massive for me to get into. So I'm like, this is a good chance for me to really like experience that raw Assassin's Creed feel. Dah, dah, dah. Would you recommend this if that's what I'm looking for? Or are you like, this is just not executed well enough?
1: Honestly, I have to play more okay my time with it kind of left me in a in a weird stalemate with myself sure as somebody who's like one of my favorite in the franchise is brotherhood ac Mm. brotherhood i also really love black flag but i also really love what they did with odyssey and those are three very different games in the franchise it's hard for me as a fan liking where they took the franchise Trying to wrestle with, did I want to go back to that place? Mm. I wanted, I think, I honestly wanted more of like a happy medium between where Valhalla was and where they took Mirage. I kind of wanted more of a sweet spot in the middle and it almost feels like they swung the pendulum all the way. And I, okay, listen everybody, I admit, saying this out loud sounds sounds ridiculous right you're like but Andrea everyone said that they wanted more stealth that they wanted less gameplay that they didn't want to collect a bazillion things on the map (laughs) right I I hear you you're not wrong but there's just part of me that wasn't didn't walk away from my gameplay as excited as I wanted to be and I just it was really hard for me to care about these characters and that's been a struggle i've had with a couple of the past assassin's creed games that the investigation board almost feels too big that they mm-hmm. have all these different templars that you have to go and axe and then their picture turns bloody or whatever <laughs> and that's all cool but i don't care about a lot of those characters and in the gameplay demo that i got to play you know, you get to meet a couple of these local characters in Baghdad and kind of figure out why they're attached to the Templars and why you have to take them out. And I was like, I just don't care. I was like, I don't mm. care about who you are, what your backstory is. And and I don't know how to fix that problem. I think obviously I need to
0: play more of the game. And it sounds like the idea that you only got one piece of gear, a sword, maybe that's what it's lacking. And, and from what you've played anyway, a sense of progression, perhaps maybe that
1: that uh, that um, dopamine rush of loot. Yeah. Of something new, perhaps, maybe? Yeah, and the gameplay that we're watching now is a showcase of one of the the new features for this game, which is the Assassin's Focus ability, which is this ability to that you could upgrade throughout the course of where you can do these really cool Assassin moves. And I, I do like that they leaned into, like, let's talk more about, like, how you don't go in guns blazing. So some of the questions that I got, because I asked you guys to send me some questions on Twitter, So let me pull those up really quick while we're watching some of this footage because I did want to address some of those because some of them I thought were um, really poignant and I wanted to make sure to go after them. So one of the questions was, do they bring back tail missions? Yes. Yes, they do. Oh, no. For better or worse. If you didn't like the tail missions where you have to follow somebody. Those are bad. They need to go away. Even in judgment, they need to go away. Yeah. Same. So... Sorry, okay. everybody. If you don't like the tail missions, then I guess you're going to have to suffer through it or or, or not play. Um, <laughs> a great question that I got from Nicole Z, who is a wonderful person. Um, Several past games let you play as a woman, giving gamers like me my ideal gaming experience. With the removal of a playable female character, what female experiences and characters have been added to address that? Ooh. So this is an excellent question, and I don't think that there's going to be an answer that's going to be pleasing to everybody. And that's always the the, the challenge with representation in games is that you can't represent everybody. How do you pick a representation that reflects your story and fits in organically with your lore, but also is trying to represent the diverse body of gamers throughout the world, right? Like there's no right way to do it. There's, in fact, a lot of wrong ways to do it. But I think trying to do it right has been a, a struggle for a lot of developers. And mm-hmm. I think Assassin's Creed did some really great things in the last couple of games where you could choose, you know, which Avor you wanted to play as, you know, if you wanted to be um, Cassandra or Alexios, right? Like, I thought that that was really awesome. But I think in their ability, their desire to make the game simpler and throw back, they're like, hey, we can't. Make it uh, play as both. Now, does that mean you're not going? There's not going to be a playable moment as a female assassin? I don't know, right? Right. Because without spoiling some stuff in previous games, there are moments where you get to play as different characters, and they just didn't reveal that. So maybe that will be. But otherwise, we just have to operate on the assumption that you only play as Bassam, and that's it. Yeah. And I will say, like, it was, it was not as you know, it was a. a, I don't want to say it's like a bummer. It is a bummer. Like. Some of my favorite, I mean, like, Etzio is probably my favorite assassin in the whole thing. Because he's, like, you know, old school Bay. But at the same time, like, it was really boss being able to play as a female Ivor. Like, I loved that. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's tough when you make these strides in accessibility or diversity and inclusion. And the, I don't want to use the term roll back because that's not what Ubisoft is doing. They're just choosing a different narrative path. But to gamers like Nicole and a lot of other, you know, women out there who are gamers or female identifying or women identifying gamers, like that kind of sucks that you don't get to play as a woman this time around. It's like that's a bummer, bro. Hmm. Yeah.
0: So wait, are there so you're talking about happy medium and I'm like A D D E D D D D and all over the place? Yes. Is there any spot outside of baghdad that you can explore or is it just the town
1: i believe so okay. my demo did not have anything outside of baghdad but i do believe that there are some things nearby um because okay. i mean they gotta let me run my mount somewhere right? i know and i
0: know you are a mount girly in the I sense know. that you they love have some of the best horsies the best <laughs> horsies well maybe you can get a glittery camel
1: <laughs> yeah that i like pull out to take some photos with in photo mode that's about it <laughs> It's just so the 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 way that they've optimized the parkour system it's just so much faster just to run yeah. than it is to try to take your mount out because you're constantly bumping into people and people are mad and it, the the old school like you piss the guards off they're on you right away is it's so bad. Oh no,
0: that was going to be my next question. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And there's like a like a notoriety system and then uh. you can you can pay to have your notoriety f- taken down but like I mean, people get mad. I remember walking into this one part of the market where I had to go do a mission, and this woman's like, "The thief, he's here!" And I was like, "I, you don't know me." But because I had like a like a, one of the boxes ticked on my notoriety meter, like just random people seeing me in specific areas, they were like,
0: "That guy, take him away, arrest no, him." No, I remember I was playing one of the older ones, and I like farted. I didn't actually fart in the game, but the Templar was like, "We must kill you," and like legit and this is not a dig i'm not playing this now like that i still think about how frustrating <laughs> that was to me i, I hate that like it, it's a video game it's not real life it's like you know if i had to walk on a plank in real life i probably wouldn't fall over the edge put me on a plank in a video game i might fall over the edge because i don't have total control it's not my fault if i bump into you while you're holding a whole bunch of apples okay and you get pissed off and you stick the guards on me know what yeah. i mean i don't deserve to die for that
1: yeah, it's no. it's tough. It's definitely players are gonna have to ask themselves, like, do I am I excited about the recommitment to stealth? No. And that I have to manage that. Because some of the old games you could go in kind of swords blazing and fight your way out, but that's not this game. Yeah. Later on, once you, you know, have spec a bunch of stuff in the skill tree, you might be able to. But in my demo, it was very much like a, you try to take on the guards, you better just run. Because they're going to cut you down. And then they keep following you. And like Valhalla, you have to eat food to regen health. So you have to find food stores. So we're taking it way back. Eat an apple. Eat eat a pear. Eat the foods to get your health back. No, thanks. Okay. So, I mean. That's okay. That's okay. It's not for (coughs) me. That's okay. (laughs) That's fine. But I'm good. Excuse me, but, yeah, so this is not going to be for everybody. I mean, but the the, the team at Ubisoft called this a love letter to an almost 16-year-old franchise, and it's absolutely designed for hardcore Assassin's Creed fans or fans of stealth games in general, if you never played the original Assassin's Creed. Oh, here we go. This might make it easier. How is the save system?
0: Can I save at any time? Do you know? I don't know. Okay.
1: I don't recall exploring or I know about it's weird because when you're, when you're
0: playing a demo, you usually don't save like you would if you're playing an actual no, game. And
1: Assassin's Creed has never really had like a scum save system. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Um, and there was a point where I died in a fight and I did have to go back quite a ways and redo some stuff. Um, but yeah, okay. it's, that's fine. Hey, yeah. So like, here's my thing. If you want, if you were the, one of the people out here who are like, I wanted that. I can't wait it's smaller in scope there's an emphasis on stealth there's a deep you know like in detective mode uh in the investigative missions with the templars and you're going to be able to explore the beautiful city of baghdad and this could be the game for you mm-hmm. i just I, I think i just don't want to be back there yeah. right now that's fair
0: that's yeah. fair that's
1: okay yeah I'm sure you'll still check it out. You'll play more. You'll no, I'm definitely still going to gonna play it to yeah. be to be clear because I can't not play it. No. So this sounds great, but it just didn't get me as excited as I wanted to be. Right, your 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 panties aren't twisted in a good no. way. My panties are definitely more twisted to find out what's happening with Hexay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want I want to know more.
0: About oh my that. god, me too though. The yeah. In Witch trial, witch hunt. See, like the new
1: hotness is kind of what I'm like. Ting- oh my tingles. god, tingles. in Assassin's tingles. Creed
0: Red, do yes that's the one
1: yeah i bet you that's gonna be
0: oh it's gonna be sick yeah that's what i wanted for i mean everyone's wanted that one for so long yeah that's what oh my god
1: okay so last thing and i wish i had more to talk about because so far i'm loving this game and thank you to warner Brothers for sending me a copy of the collector's edition i actually installed a disc everybody that take you back Oh my gosh, <laughs> I haven't used, I haven't put a physical game disc into my Xbox in a while, and this also has a data disc, ah! which is, I'm just going to say, it's annoying as fuck. You install, you have to install from the disc, and you have to put the data disc in, you have to take the data disc out and put the fucking game disc You put the data in. disc in, you take the data disc out. It honestly makes disc fucking discs obsolete. Shit. I'm like, why are we even doing this? Um, okay, so I got to start my session with Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. Obviously, went straight to story mode. Yes. Because it was pre-release when they gave it to me, and I was like, I'm not even going to mess around with any of the online stuff because the servers aren't even properly turned on yet. I was like, no, no. We'll wait. Yeah. This game is amazing. (laughs) It's gorgeous. (laughs) It was everything you loved about what NetherRealm has done with story modes and seamlessly blending Cutscenes with the fights and taking characters and really kind of slowly onboarding them in a way that narratively just flows so fucking seamlessly and like i remember the first moment where i went from cutscene into the first fight in the story mode and i'm going to keep it all very like spoiler free because i want you guys to experience this like if you're mk fans like i am or even if you're just like kind of interested because you're like oh i heard megan fox is in the game that's um which is wild and cool at the same time it just like seamlessly in a cutscene, and then just like had this little like pullback moment with the camera and then it's in like the 2d plane and i was like oh my this is the this is the fight i this is like the fight stage it's just beautiful like the graphics are ridiculous so i'm playing on xbox series x and it just was gorgeous. I love the way the cameo fighter system works. Mm. I clearly haven't gotten to explore the depths of it because I've only gotten about three to four hours into the game so far. So I haven't like unlocked a lot. But I love how... After every fight mission in the story campaign, you unlock new customizable cosmetic gear. Oh, so there's a big customized screen at the splash screen at the main menu where you can go in and kind of tailor all of your fighters with all your different outfits, your different gear pieces, and you earn a lot of stuff in the campaign, which I love because it makes people feel rewarded for completing the story. And the Mm -hmm. story, of course, is cuckoo bananas because they like I don't want to say they jumped (laughs) the shark in the last game (laughs) with the chronica stuff, but I mean, they kind of did. And so we're in this new alternate universe with Liu Kang as the fire God. And, you know, he's got Raiden and it's so weird to see like baby Raiden. Cause you know, Raiden's usually like the, the big boss, um, <laughs> you know, ruling the earth realm folk. And, We've got Raiden and Kung Lao, and they're kind of like the heroes of the story campaign, but then they bring in all of these characters, and we get to see kind of the origin story of Katana and Milena with their mother, Queen Sindel, who's like, uh one of my fans. That's your mommy, right? Yes. Yeah. I love her. Um, yeah, I'm talking about muscle mommies. Oh, I Ooh. love muscle mommies. Mm. Yes. Mm. She's amazing, and... I just everything I've been playing so far, I I had to force myself to put the controller down and go to bed. It was so good and so seamless, and like the cut, some of the cutscenes are so long that I was sitting there watching in like my TV like dimmed a little. Oh shit! You know if you guys have like the power save uh-huh, settings on uh-huh. your TV, I was like, oh shit, and then you wiggle the sticks, and it's like, no, don't dim. Um, Ugh. but like, I was so like enraptured in what was happening on screen. And sometimes in the past, Mortal Kombat's writing has been hokey, right? Yeah. It's been a little like, oh, this is like really weird. But I'm like loving everything so far and I can't wait to play more and I can't wait to explore the towers and the, the PvP stuff. Like, it's like everything I've wanted so far.
0: <sighs> Add it to the list. Yes. I
1: want to play it for the story
0: mode I and mean, because it is this brand new, it sounds like vision of what Mortal Kombat could be. Um I don't know if it's a really good jumping off point for someone like me, but it sounds like it's not so much about
1: the story, maybe as much the fun fighting. I honestly think it's a great jumping off point for someone who's new to the franchise or maybe has just seen like the movies Uh or seen it like tangentially over the years because they introduce these characters and they give really amazing backstory. Okay. So you get to see like some of these classic characters like Scorpion and Sub-Zero. But you see their Lin Kuei versions, like the ninja versions, before they become like the more like magical monster versions that you get to meet in some of the previous games. And I have a feeling we're going to see those versions Ah. later on in the story. But I love that they're kind of like almost rebooting the story in a sense and saying like, hey, look, let's bring this to a new generation of gamers who maybe don't know our wild and crazy lore, but I've maybe just heard the name like reptile or whatever or smoke or rain or any of these other classic characters and say like, who are these characters that we can introduce? How do we explain who they are? And, even some of the big characters, like I mentioned, like Milena and Katana, who are staples of the franchise let's say, like, who are these princesses? Like, let's talk about, like, how Milena got, you know, to have, like, the Tarkat, you know, sickness and yeah. why does she wear a mask and, and, you know, like, what's behind the mask? Spoilers, the scary teeth. Um, and Did you say scary teeth? Scary teeth. Have you seen her without her mask? No. Oh, oh show yes, me? I'll show you. OK, I'll show you.
0: Um, OK, so could I yeah. in theory then just turn this on baby ass baby mode and yes. just veg and just enjoy a good ass movie? So I'm not even
1: playing on super baby ass baby mode because they have a very easy mode. Oh, I'm saw. playing on easy mode because I was like, I want to try to just get uh-huh. through it as fast as possible. Like, I know that sounds bad, but I was like, I just wanted to like consume no. the story and the cutscenes. I was like, I'll bump it up and explore more once I get through the story mode. And then once I get into like yeah. the versus towers and stuff like that. But the fights are like, they're very, they're very simple. I only, I'm just now, about four hours in getting into fights, that I'm like, okay, okay, now I need to stop and like look at the move list. Also, you could press pause at any moment and like, Study the move list at any time. (sighs) You know what I'm also, I think, more excited about are those backgrounds. Yes, they're gorgeous.
0: At Summer Game Fest, when you and I played, I was just gawking. There's just, like, shit going
1: on, and it's so beautiful. Yeah, like, Johnny Cage's mansion was a super fun one, (sighs) so there's a whole scene inside the mansion where there's a, a couple different characters, and... Then I was like, okay, I recognize the fucking floaty flamingo in the pool from from <laughs> the stages that we got to play at Summer Game Fest. I was like, this is going to turn into a fight. I know it. And then again, it had that like slow like kind of pan back mm-hmm. and then it was like, fight. And I was like, oh. Oh, this is so cool. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to definitely talk more about it once I get to play sure. more, but so far I've just been fucking loving it
0: again another game and i know fighting games typically have a hard time winning awards and whatnot outside of its own genre but man
1: what a year yes (laughs) you know what a year indeed (laughs) so many fantastic games and just not enough hours in the day to play them all nope and it's not over yet baby more to come (laughs) like the redacted games that we played this week It's okay i'll do all the talking coming up yes you crushed it give those vocal cords a rest thank you yeah uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging with us. I know this was a little bit of a, a long episode, but we had a lot to fit in into a very short amount of time, and we were like just out of the office, <laughs> literally. Let's this be week. real; we're tired. Yeah, doing stuff. Yeah, but it feels—it feels like the industry is spinning back up in a really exciting way. Yes. lots of fun projects coming to fruition, more to come, and then yeah. of course even more next year and beyond. Yeah. So. We say it every week, everybody. What a great time to be a gamer! Oh God damn it. I hate that. I feel like we need to like create some kind of punishment system every time I say that. No, how about a shot? How about a reward system instead? A shot. That sounds great. Great. Let's go take a shot. Let's go edit the show take first. Take a shot, everybody. <laughs> Tequila, espresso, milk, water. You want to take water if of?
0: you want to be a responsible adult. Nah, not us. No. See
1: you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs>